This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. Regardless of the timing, a new episode of the Philly Pod needed to come out today. We are recording this on Thursday, May the 4th, and I'm not going to say any of those cringe Star Wars jokes, okay? I'm not going to do it. A podcast needed to happen today. And me and Vic have been in here getting ready to record pretty much all afternoon. And it's been delayed for whatever reason, because to be honest with you, I re- was really not looking forward to talking about a, a bunch of UDFAs. For those of you that don't know what that stands for, undrafted free agents, players that went undrafted. But in a shocking, in a blessed turn of events on National Prayer Day, I believe is what it is actually, Jalen Carter signs his rookie deal and he is the first player from this draft to sign it. And what did we say on the last podcast, Vic? What did we say about Jalen Carter, the guy who was picked ninth overall in the 2023 NFL draft? What did we say about him? He was widely regarded as the top overall talent in this class. Mm. Riddle me that. The first one to sign his rookie deal, too. Mm. Interesting. Anyways, this is the Philly how pod. Did you know, Welcome back. B- before, before we continue, how did you know today was National Day of Prayer? Like, how did you... I just looked it up, and I thought you were kidding. Like, how did you, how did you know? Is it actually? <laughs> yes. Because I am a man of faith, a proud man right. of faith. All right. Well, yep. good to know. And good faith, to know. Thank you, guys. <laughs> on a day that I really did not want to sit here and talk about UDFAs for 40 minutes, saved me yet again. I am saved. Uh, we are saved. Out, you you are saved, Eagles we... fans. Yeah, because Stephen is not one to sit here and talk about undrafted guys. He's a big picture guy, as he likes to call himself. But we have to get up here and do it. This is what the offseason is about. I'm a nerd with this stuff. I love undrafted guys. I love speculating on who could potentially make the roster. Steven, not so much. But you do like talking about skill positions. And a lot of these undrafted guys are at positions of skill. So we will get into Luckily, all of that. Luckily, I do Thank know you. some of the players, though. Luckily. Thankfully. We'll get into you it. looked over the list before he got up here. Thankfully, he skimmed over it for six minutes before we got <laughs> on this podcast. No. So he might know something about one of these players. So let's all cross our fingers for that. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this edition of the Philly Pod, brought to you by thelibertyline.com. I'm your host, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod, Twitter, Instagram. You guys know the deal. If you are new to the show, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcast. Leave those reviews, rate five stars. They are very important to us. Be sure you do that uh, for the show so that it brings more exposure to the podcast, moves it up the charts of NFL They're shows. They're like first-round picks to us, guys. The more you leave, the yeah. better. The better chances yeah. we have of succeeding. Yeah, ratings are definitely like first-round picks. Five-star ratings are so first-round picks in podcast terms, for those that aren't aware. Yes. If you leave one and you leave a review, you're a legend. You're a part of the Philly Pod universe. Yes, appreciate it. Much, much, uh, much appreciate. They're indeed very essential uh, to the growth of the show. So as Stephen alluded to, very nice analogy. Thank you for uh, for doing that. Today on the show, we're going to talk about uh, Jalen Carter being, the, as, as Stephen said earlier, uh, the first first round pick to uh, sign his contract gets the fifth gets the fifth year option and everything of the sort. We'll talk about that as well as the projected 2023 depth chart following the draft and some of these undrafted guys and who could potentially have the best chance to crack this roster. So very good stuff coming in that regard. Steven joining me as always, very boisterous, very outspoken, very vocal about his opinions. Be sure to go follow him at Steven Conrad Jr. on all social media platforms. How you been feeling since the draft? I know uh, the, uh, the Sixers yesterday didn't help very much, but Joel Embiid got his MVP 
well-deserved. We got one game in Boston. Uh, that's all you can really ask for. And beat kicked off the rest yesterday. Now they're coming back to Philly. And let's hope that we can take advantage of the situation. Better. Better. Because really, uh, well, I don't know how to feel about game two. This isn't a Sixers podcast, but uh, I love this Eagles team so much. And I love this team so much that I'm going to sit here for 40 minutes with Vic and talk about UDFAs. I'm kidding. Look, guys, look. I don't hate UDFAs, just so I'm clear. Like, yeah, there's a does. couple names on here. Actually, one of the names, and I would argue the highlight, the the biggest name, the headliner, one would say, of this UDFA Eagles class this year, if that's what you want to call it, is a guy I actually wanted probably about a year ago today. I started looking at mock drafts. I started looking at 2023 NFL mock drafts, and it was a player that I actually wanted, you know, a year ago today because I thought, hey, I'm not sure if... Uh, Darius Slay is going to be around forever. Not sure about James Bradbury. Regardless, you need to develop a young corner. They have a couple developmental guys on the roster already, and I think they added another one who I would assume is going to make the cut. We'll talk about it. That is one Alabama's own Eli Ricks. Mm, very, and that very... is about the only UDFA I care about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> very excited about the prospect of Eli Ricks. Like you said, a guy we scouted uh, last season as a potential first rounder. And he was a top a like 15 guy. prospect, I thought. Yeah, I told like you. We were looking ago. at what Cam happened? Smith. I was like, yo, I love Cam Smith. You were like, There's got to be Eli something Ricks. in there still, right? And uh, Ringo. Ringo was in the mix as well, and we walked away with him. So very excited about the overall well, prospects there. Hey, hey, hey. Well, what do you mean you guess? You don't like Keely Ringo all of a sudden? Or? No, 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 no. I just, I, I'm going to be honest with you. He wasn't a guy I was looking at a year ago today. Oh, well, I was. I was. So glad one of us here was educated on, on Kaylee Ringo. So to start off the show, yes, right before we got up here, uh, Adam Schefter reported on Jalen Carter agreeing to the terms on his rookie deal. Four-year, fully guaranteed, worth $21.8 million. Carter is the first first-round pick from the 2023 NFL Draft to agree to terms. So of, of all the selections, the first 31, there wasn't 32 this year because Miami's got there taken away. Because of everything Did you that say happened with five within. years. Uh, what? What are you saying? What What is the length of the contract? It's four years, but For, you get the fifth year option. You get the fifth year option. So wow, uh, okay, five. Yeah, but I mean, as long as he plays up to his pedigree, then they'll Jeez, extend him time, before yeah. that. But it's four years. Yes, four years, twenty one point eight million dollars with the fifth year uh, extension. So. Good on them for getting that done fairly quickly. How he's been good about contracts this offseason. So so good that the number nine overall prospect before any of the quarterbacks, before Bryce Young, before CJ Stroud, before uh before uh Devon Witherspoon, before Bijan Robinson that got inked to new mm. deals. The Eagles got it done with Jalen Carter right before rookie mini camp kicks off uh tomorrow. So he should be on the field, he should be participating, and that is good. Uh, to see there. As we all know, Jalen Carter, one of the top prospects in the overall draft, arguably the top talent in the draft that the Eagles were able to come away with by only parting with a future uh, third-round pick in 2024 to move up one selection and select Jalen Carter. Getting this, uh, the steal of the draft, if it's not Nolan Smith, then it's certainly Jalen Carter. So very good. I, st- I, love very that. Hey, I love that I love that phrase for sure, the steal of the draft. That's one of my things. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell was your steal of the draft. And look at him now, contributing to Super Bowl. Uh, you were forgetting <laughs> one Tyrese Maxey. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if you want to talk about a steal at 21, yeah, he should. there's no shot in hell he should have fell uh, that far from Kentucky as well. But very encouraging to see the Eagles get this done with Jalen Carter with all the noise going around. And, Stephen, I don't know if you saw the report that uh, the uh, the Georgia coaches weren't very fond of Jalen Carter for whatever reason, and they weren't, they weren't shy about telling NFL coaches – uh, uh about this oh, what did I miss? which is why was which is recent? why a lot of which is why a lot of the teams um a lot of the teams ahead of the eagles had him completely off their board which is why he fell to the eagles in the first place but yeah coaches weren't <laughs> weren't shy about letting uh, uh nfl organizations know that jalen carter uh they weren't very fond of him well with that with that in mind um geez what a great place for him to come to then huh I mean, we've talked about it on, I feel like, the last two or three podcasts, even leading up to the draft when we were saying, like, potentially if the Eagles, you know, maybe move up or if he falls in the draft, Philadelphia, from a culture standpoint, would be great for a guy if you want to say he has character concerns, which I hate doing. Like, we, we went on a whole rant about this on our draft reaction pod, but I don't know, man. It's just really unfortunate, you know? Like, the problem is... 
sometimes I think as as sports fans, watchers, consumers, I think we all need to just take a step back and realize these are all human beings, you know, like everybody makes mistakes. Um, again, I'm not going to get into the specifics. I don't even know what the specific specifics are about him as a person, by the way, or anything that he is, has done or been involved in. But I just think it's uh, it's really unfortunate. And I, and there's a thing I've noticed with with professional sports. Once a player is involved in something, it just never gets erased, unfortunately. And it's always held against them. You ever notice that? Like, unfortunately, yeah. it's just... I mean, it's a part of your past. It's part of your journey. You know, it's not going to go away. People aren't just going to forget about it. Now, you can, um, you know, better yourself as a person and... and, and uh, do things to try and rectify those things in the past to better your character that'll make people more uh, forgiving. <laughs> but as far as like, you know, the instance that Jalen Carter has been linked to and, uh, you know, showing up to your pro day obviously isn't in comparison to, to, to the tragedy of that incident, but showing up to your pro day show, shows poor work habits, poor work ethic. And those things get around, especially in NFL circles, which is why the Eagles fell to him in the first place. Like we mentioned in, in the in the previous pod, there is no reason whatsoever why ESPN decided to, <laughs> the minute Jalen Carter was drafted, we're going to show you everything wrong Jalen Carter has ever done in his life, right, as soon as he gets drafted. Not his accolades. We're not going to sit here and talk about him being a two-time champion. No, nah, we're going to show you everything he ever did, ever wrong in his life. So uh, that was not a good look for ESPN. To do that, but to but just to um, if uh, people weren't aware of the report, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio revealed what was told or what he was told rather about Carter leading up to the draft. This is uh, transcribed from uh, Pro Football Talk about Jalen Carter pre-draft. He says, when it comes to defensive tackle Jalen Carter, the word making the rounds before the draft was that the Georgia coaches did not have nice things to say. We specifically decided not not to mention any of that until after he was picked so as not to participate in the pre-draft effort to get guys to fall. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media hinted at that last night after Carter became the ninth overall pick in the draft. We heard it more bluntly and strongly. Members of the Georgia coaching staff are not Jalen Carter fans, and they weren't bashful about saying so. It's one of various reasons why Carter, arguably the best player in the draft, slipped to number nine. So that was from Pro Football Talk. So Florio, uh, Florio was obviously very uh, connected, very, very um, uh, plugged in to, to to NFL circles and organizations. So if he heard it, I'm sure it's very true that Georgia circles were not fond of of whatever it was Jalen Carter uh, was about in college. But you put plug him in to this kind of culture in Philadelphia. He's surrounded by guys that he loves. Let's hope that uh, he doesn't bomb out before his rookie contract is over. Let's hope Let's hope that isn't the case. That's the worst-case scenario. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you take these risks. As good as he is on the field, these guys, uh, you know, can 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 bomb out. And they can bottom out before, they're, before their uh, rookie contracts are up if they don't, uh, you know, take the NFL seriously and take their job seriously. So let's hope Jalen Carter has his head on straight and uh, he'll be a cornerstone of this franchise. really have to have his head off his rocker, I feel like, to not pan out here, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I'm but, not the, saying, but, like, but another, yeah, especially in Philadelphia, just a part of me thinks, like, if Georgia coaches went out of their way to tell NFL teams that we aren't fans of Jalen Carter, like, how bad was it? How bad? Do they just not like him mm-hmm. as a person? Like, did he rub him the wrong well, the way? The culture here is so great, is. is what I'm saying, you know? Like, the yeah. locker room and everything. So it's just and like... See, I'm sure Sirianni really... and Howie already made it clear that we're not going to stand for whatever whatever shit was going on in georgia about like you you know you gotta check that shit at the door you're an eagle now you're an adult and it's time to act like one so let's hope let's hope like i said jalen carter can be a focal point of this defense moving forward and there aren't any issues uh in that regard so now uh we want to do the uh, projected 2023 depth chart the uh the dust has settled on the nfl draft udfas have been signed rookie minicamp kicks off tomorrow so now steven and i are going to go through and talk about our projected, what we feel like the depth chart will be. And obviously, there's still moves to be made, still free agents out there. Howie is never done. As he said at the end of the draft, the roster is never complete. They got C.J. Gardner-Johnson 10 days before the season kicked off, <laughs> for gosh sakes. But uh, so, Steven, you ready for the first position, quarterback? As we all know, mm. Kyle, I think that's the most set in stone position on this roster. Uh, out goes Gardner Minshew. QB1, obviously, Jalen Hurts. You have Marcus Mariota behind him. And you have six-round rookie Tanner McKee and incumbent Ian Book set to battle it out at QB3. Any thoughts about the, uh, the quarterback position? Not much debate there as far as as far as the quarterback goes. Are you looking up something over there? You look you look occupied. No, I uh, was going to pull something up, but I have some comments oh, no. to make actually about the quarterback position. Um, go, ahead, go ahead. I feel like we've already talked about Marcus Mariota. I mean, it's cool. Like, I feel like 
we, we talked about this. The, the problem with having Minshew here or a player like Minshew. Tanner McKee. Obviously, he's, <laughs> he's talented, but, you know, the scheme, changing the scheme up too much for a guy who's a pocket passer, right? Mm-hmm. And you bring in a guy like Marcus Mariota, he's probably not as talented. Well, I don't know if that's the word. Not as just, there's definitely, like, you'd rather have Minshew, right? Wouldn't you rather have Minshew in terms of just pure skill and talent? I'm not saying for the Eagles' sake. I'm talking NFL in general, NFL rosters in general, teams in general. Would I rather have Gardner Minshew over whom? Whom are you referring to? Marcus Mariota. No, I'd rather have Marcus Mariota. <laughs> if I had to pick in between In general the two. or just for the Eagles? For the Eagles, yeah. I think I'd rather have Mariota, yes. I mean... It's kind of apples to oranges. Like it depends, obviously, on wow. the offensive scheme. Right. Like if you want me, you want me just from a, like who I want to build my franchise around. Like neither. <laughs> but well, far, like if Jalen hurts, if Jalen hurts goes down, and you're asking me who I want to quarterback this team between Marcus Mariota and Minshew, I guess Minshew has mm. a better touchdown interception ratio. Um, Marcus Mariota uh, isn't all that great from a from a like true throwing perspective. Um, he just fits this offense better. So I guess if you want me, like who gives you the better chance to win? In a traditional NFL offense, I, I guess Gardner Minshew, but I like the prospect mm. of Marcus Mariota better in this offense, obviously. Yeah, man. Just think about the weapons. The RPO game, by the way. Whew. Yeah, Minshew tried that. It didn't work out. The only the only non-mobile quarterback that can work in an RPO offense is Nick Foles. So <laughs> that's the only one I've seen be remotely ah, successful. Tanner McKee is Tanner McKee. I actually did some reading up on him. You can stop getting mad at me for not doing my homework or whatever, even though I literally graduated college. <laughs> Just say I, don't know why, I don't know why I'm being assigned homework. I literally graduated college a year ago. I've done more homework than most people you know. Tanner McKee is good in an RPO system throwing the football. If you ask him to do anything else, he's not good. And there's not a was, lot of talent was, there, but there's... If you put him in a system and you can hide his limitations, boom, he's good in that. And that's what he yeah, did it in was definitely It was definitely an awkward – like I feel like the offense wasn't necessarily built for Tanner McKee, which is why his, his signs of struggle are so apparent uh, in film. But he, they definitely did try to have him run some like gimmicky RPO stuff. So he has the experience in doing it. He just wasn't successful in doing so. So I don't know if the Eagles looked at that and said, well, he knows how to. Let's take him. Or they took him and said, he's a big, strong passer that teams will fall in love with in two years. We'll take him now, and we'll get some draft compensation in 2025. So either, he, in either uh, case. Is there any is competition between him and Ian Book? I think so. I think so. I think there. I think that'll be a, a heavy competition. You don't invest a draft asset into a guy if you don't intend to have him on the roster. Certainly at some a competition point, Ian Book, I don't care about. If Ian Book makes the <laughs> roster, I guess Tanner McKee would be relegated to the uh, to, to to the practice squad. I think they want to keep Tanner McKee around to try and simulate uh, like uh, more traditional quarterbacks. Whoever the Eagles are going to go up against, say they go up against like a Derek Carr or whoever, they want to have Tanner McKee in there to try and simulate what the opposing quarterback could potentially look like. You don't want Marcus Mariota in there running around when you're going against a non-mobile quarterback. They're going to use Tanner McKee to try and game plan for those kind of guys. So I think that's another reason why they went ahead and picked him as well. That's just me trying to find the silver lining in a pick that I really don't mm. like. So you can call it what it is. But that is the how the quarterback depth chart will likely shake out. If you had to gun to my head, i say he's Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota, Tanner McKee. That's going to be your three uh, quarterbacks. Only two will probably be active on, on game days anyway. The third one is largely never never active. So that is that. Is that. Steven apparently thinks we're going to miss Gardner Minshew. So that is something to note as well. So uh, that's <laughs> Just bringing up debate if we upgraded or not at the backup QB spot I think I think we did I think from the Eagles perspective yes from a regular team offense like a a, a true quarterback position maybe not Marcus Mariota I think Gardner Minshew has a has a prettier ball than Marcus Mariota but the threat of the run will be more beneficial to him in his offense is that an acceptable I was just gonna say like I, I'm sitting here thinking like man if we can really like get through the season win some games potentially rush Jalen down the line like I'm just thinking of We'll run a similar system, and I just feel like Mariota would want to just let that, like, tuck that thing and run, man. Run, yeah, like, hell yeah, that's fine. Run. We'll run the ball. Mariota's going to run, run 82 times. yards rushing. I'll be happy. Well, why wouldn't we? We have the best offensive line in the league. Did teams? So, ask me this, especially in the, in the Dallas game and the Saints game. Did teams respect the threat of the run with Gardner Minshew running the RPO? No, I actually remember the first okay. time. I, I can't remember if he kept it or if he just decided to run. That was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like a gazelle. Just got smacked at like the five-yard line. Didn't even make it to the end zone. Jalen Bull rushes. Jalen runs people over on the way to the end zone. We, hey, he, just, he put up, we put up major points in that game. That was If he didn't yeah, turn did. the ball over so many times, we won that game. Yeah, and Minshew just got flattened out at the five-yard line. So that's the difference between those quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe Mariota can get in there. 
and that'll be fun. And also, to if see Jonathan well. Gannon wasn't like the most overrated defensive coordinator of all time, giving up the yeah. most like yeah, this Gannon thing is really going really going downhill, huh? I'm this, not going to ever let this thing go. I'm going to poke it as many times as I can. I never liked him. Do you feel do you feel like that um him being not because like I guess the initial reports is that he was discussing with the Cardinals during the uh you know leading up to the Super Bowl immediately following the NFC Championship game now there's reports coming out that it cost Vic Fangio a job that if that if the Eagles were aware of this Vic Fangio would have been the first choice before he went to Miami so it's a big mess right now do you feel like Gannon is like do you feel like this scenario is the sole reason why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl or you feel like Gannon was just this is how he was going to perform regardless Oh well, come on, man. I mean, we're we're doing that. We're doing the Super Bowl thing. I mean, I, mean, I see. I see. No, I'm saying reason. I see a lot of people on Twitter saying like Gannon really cost us the Super Bowl because he had eyes on the head. Oh, coach he's definitely up there. You can't argue that when your unit like I get the players out there got to make plays and everything like that. But when your unit like literally can't stop anything, you know, you you deserve the blame. Probably most of the blame. Um, I think I, I think I think the defense not stopping Mahomes is the reason. I don't think it's because he was focused primarily on the coaching job in Arizona. I do think he was actively trying to win the Super Bowl. I don't think he went in there and said, "Oh, whatever, I'm gonna just wing it and see what happens." Right. I do think he actively tried to win the Super Bowl. I, I mean, he's a loser. Yeah, uh, he's a loser either way. But I see <laughs> he's really a loser. On the you see how he conducts himself? Yeah, even when they asked him, he was like, I mean, it was a choice we made. And uh, he reached out and said, hey, we got a coaching thing. I don't know how the timing works out. but uh, And I'm just like, dude, you're lying through this whole time. And I'll never forget what he said after out. the uh, NFC Championship. Was it after the NFC Championship game? He oh, that he was staying. For- he said, oh, like, I'm not leaving. You're a loser, yeah, dude. come hell or high water, I'm not leaving or whatever it was he yeah, said. Yeah, hell or he high ran- water. He had an interview the next day and, and, and accepted the job essentially the next day before the Super Have Bowl fun, even came Cardinals around. fans. So, yeah, I'm just praying for a 4-13 and season. Kyler Murray leaves. They're going to try and draft Caleb Williams. Apparently, Atlanta was uh, and, and Cardinals were talking about a Kyler Murray trade like during the draft, apparently. I just saw that today. Mm, so, that, can you imagine Kyler over there with Bijan and uh, and Drake London and uh, Kyle Pitts? That'd Kyle be, Pitts? That'd be fun to see. But I, the I, Kyle Pitts days? If, if y'all yeah, listen universal, to the podcast universal the chess piece. days. They were saying that Kyle Pitts was universal chess piece. It still blows my mind that Kyle Pitts was taken before Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase. Like, wrap your head around that. He was drafted ahead of all three of those guys. Not saying he's a bad That's player. Just, he's in a he's in a low volume offense in, in Atlanta that that doesn't see a lot of targets for him because they were running. Yeah, I don't think to he hell needs a with, quarterback, man. That's been the problem. He needs a QB. Yeah, yeah. And Desmond Ritter, I doubt, is, is the answer. But we'll see what he can do. I was do. a, I was a huge on. Jamar Chase guy, though. So that's, oh, we all that's were. Why yeah, was, when they, yeah. That's why when they traded back from 6 to 12, we were screaming our heads off like, no, why is Howie doing this? It's not talk fair. About the, uh, talk about the weaponry acquired. Weaponry, Jesus. These are human beings. Players. Just think about <laughs> Think about oh the God. players. <laughs> think about the players acquired in that, like, oh, my gosh, Jamar Chase is top. <laughs> Three probably Devonte Smith. <laughs> Why'd you call Devontae them Smith? <laughs> Devonte Smith is good. I mean, come on, dude. Devonte Smith's gonna be. He's probably top ten as we speak in terms of all around wide receiver talent. Yeah, I think Waddle, Jamar Chase, and Devonte Smith are all top fifteen receivers in the league right now. Yeah, it's funny. And and that Kyle Pitts. I mean, my God, if he could figure it out, he could be one of the best freaking offensive players in the league. And you know who is the reason why Kyle Pitts hasn't figured it out yet? The the quarterback to Marcus Mariota. So let's hope that we don't have to see ah. that connection too, too, too often. And then they threw Desmond Ritter in there. So that's fine. So on to the next position, projected depth charts. Out goes Miles Sanders as we see what will probably happen or what we predict what will happen on opening day. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. And you do have Trey Sermon and the Oklahoma kid Kennedy Brooks also lingering around. Steven, how do you uh, see the running back depth chart shaking out? Kennedy Brooks will be out of here. Trey Sermon. Uh, <laughs> Practice squad, I, I really Trey Sermon. I really don't understand what happened with him. Uh, I think there's definitely a lot of talent nothing, there. And nothing happened potential. with him. He had two carries. He had two carries all year. Yeah, so nothing they, they were productive. Car- they were productive. The one was and the one went, was The like, one went I mean, for 18 I, yards. In Jacksonville, yeah. the one went for 18 yards. So I was like, holy hell, we're about to see some Trey Sermon. It's a crowded running back room now. Um, are you asking me what I think the depth chart's going to be? Is it you want me to answer that right now? Mm-hmm. In order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. DeAndre Swift won the Miles Sanders replacement and slight upgrade, in my opinion, the younger player and somehow, some way, the cheaper player. Uh, I mean, if you want to say they're equal in terms of talent, fine. But hey, this running back room combined salaries, I still believe, is cheaper than Miles Sanders' contract, which didn't you just say? Sorry for repeating you. Yeah, uh, Rashad uh, I don't Penny, remember. number two. Right? Will we say Rashad Penny too? 
Uh, that's how I would do it, yes. And then Kenneth Gainwell, three. I have to say something really quickly. What's that? Well, Boston Scott, four, I would say. Probably Boston Scott, four. Although mm-hmm. I think, whatever. Anyway, I don't know. Some people are like, did people just like forget like the clear improvement Kenny G made last season? Like some people are saying he's going to be competing with like Boston Scott and some of these other guys. Like, no, 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 no. Not at all. No, he's, he's, no, he's, he's too little, dynamic and versatile. Uh, where did you where did you see that? Because I did not. I don't know. I just see it on Twitter. <laughs> I see it on my timeline. Like some people are saying that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's kind of proven that. I mean, no, shit, he was not. the lead back in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know. I mean, he's pushed he's pushed down to depth chart because of the acquisition of DeAndre. Yeah, Swift. absolutely. It's gonna be Swift and Penny. But here's the thing: the, the first two backs have health concerns. So, I mean, like to say that is crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Gainwell's gonna have his have his uh, share share of snaps, and Gainwell's still gonna be. I'd there argue in a he, lot of... you could find him in the two spots some games, like in the first half of games. In the first argue half of games, still, I actually think... I would argue he's going to primarily be the third down back. I think you're going to see him in a lot of third and third and long situations, and he'll be the passing yeah. down back. I, I I would argue that. Let me ask you this: Who do you think leads the team in carries next season? Not yardage, just carries. I'm factoring in health. Yeah, well, try one, to try. Part of me, try, try part not of to me take, take to health be, out uh, of it. Take health out of it. I assume they're all healthy, all 17 games. Who who leads the team in carries? Part of me wants to be really cute and say Rashad Penny because I think we're just gonna beat. Well, no shit, dude. But <laughs> part of me thinks we're just gonna beat up on teams, and in the second half of games, Rashad Penny's just gonna play like the Legarrette Blunt role. But mm-hmm. I feel like De- you said take health out of it. All right. DeAndre Swift is assume, just assume the best back on this team, man. I mean, it's got to be DeAndre Swift. I mean, why wouldn't it be? He's the best back on the roster. I want to say Rashad Penny, though. but I think I think you're on the right track with Rashad Penny. I think DeAndre Swift could potentially lead the team in touches, like receptions out of the backfield as well, like just straight straightforward carries like out of the backfield. It's it's tough. I ask you this because I put the poll on Twitter earlier, and DeAndre Swift led the way with 61%. Uh, Rashad Penny is in second with 20%, and then Kenneth Gainwell and Jalen Hurts each share uh, the third place with 10% each. If Jalen Hurts, let me just what? say, if Jalen Hurts is our leading, has the most carries yeah, at the end of the season, anymore, something something went drastically wrong. It's like a ca- He needs a to really turn into Russell Wilson now, and I'm glad they addressed this running back position. He really needs to turn his game in the regular season into Russell Wilson, where he's literally only taking mean? off when there's nobody around. Oh, you don't want. Well, they're still going to be design runs. They're not going to take away all the design. Yeah, I just runs don't want him running. taking hits, man. I don't want him taking hits. That's fine. That's fine. You think he, so? You think he has to do a better job sliding? Is that your problem? Getting out of bounds. I think he, he does, does a good a job really getting good out of bounds. Job. He does a great job, but I'm saying make it even more of a priority. And the crazy thing is, he's such a smart player, and he's way more athletic and gifted as a runner than people. I, I like, dude. There's so many people that like. I don't know if you noticed this, but people like leave him out of the conversation of like the most athletic QBs in the league. And I just don't think that's true at all. I no, think they don't. Where are you Lamar's... seeing these wild takes? I don't see any of these takes. I anywhere. see them all over where, the where place. Where do you see I hear this shit at? Top analysts. I, I'm a, I love sports. I sit here and listen to this shit all day. I Dude, hear people, people call Jalen Hurts the best runner at the position in the league. I don't see anybody underrating him. At yeah, the but they, they, they like try to discount him in terms of like athleticism. They try to say he's just strong from like squatting and stuff oh, like I see. that. No, he's an okay. athlete. He's an athlete. Yeah. He's, nah, quick, he's strong he's as shit. He's strong as shit. Dude. Yeah, so, he's fast too. He can he can build up some speed. He's not Lamar or Kyler, but he's up there. He's up there. Yeah, he can certainly move. He can certainly. So move what to I'm your saying point. is, um, I trust. Yeah, I trust him. I think he's done a great job. Obviously, there's been a few instances, but I mean, at least he's not Carson Wentz. I'll never forget <laughs> Carson Wentz's rookie year. That Chicago game. <laughs> You know what play I'm talking about. All he had to do was run out of bounds, and this dude keeps running, and he gets just decked right in the head, just murdered, kill shot. <laughs> that hit was way worse than the ACL injury. That was the one of the worst hits I've ever seen in my life. I'll never dude forget gets when up, I watched his him. face is beat red, murder red, <laughs> bloodshot red. I watched this man, instead of sliding, <laughs> run head first, like helmet crown first into like a, def- a freaking linebacker that's twice the size. I was like, dude. This is not. Hey, this it, is it not, was. Uh, it was. Um, it was. And it was certain, right after. Um, right after the concussion, he did that. Like he came back from the concussion the next season, just ran headfirst into a fucking defensive lineman. Wait, like, are you Dog. sure that wasn't his rookie year? I'm pretty sure it was his rookie. No, he year. did it a lot his rookie year. But I'm saying I watched him do it yeah. in the season following. This is why he was all rattled. Like, you know why I think he did that? I think Jalen Hurts was watching him on the sideline. He was like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna run this guy the fuck over <laughs> instead of getting out of bounds." 
<laughs> trying to press Taylor Hurts oh, or the coaching man. staff or whatever it was. Yeah, just an fuck. awful hit to the head. And there wasn't even a penalty on that play either. I, whatever. <laughs> I, don't gotta... I don't want to revisit those days. Nothing went right for us back then. Oh, man. Besides 2017, yes. of course. To our point, if Jalen Hurts is leading the team in carries at the end of the season, something went terribly wrong. I hope that is not the case. To your point, Stephen, you mentioned the running back salary. Uh, the combined salary of Boston Scott, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, and Kenneth Gain. Uh, Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kenneth Gainwell is $5.91 million. Miles Sanders' uh, average annual value of his new deal is $6.35 million. So mm. the combined room is cheaper than Miles Sanders' contract. And this is why Bijan was never, I, I remember, I think Ian Rappaport or Schefter had reported that the Eagles were never heavily considering Bijan Robinson at 10 and paying him, you know, first-round pick money, or paying Miles Sanders money, or pursuing an Austin Eckler, a Dalvin Cook, or a Derrick Henry, because this is the way they address the position. This is the way they do it. They find very good, dynamic options for very cheap, and this is how they're going to do it every year. So I guess at some point, we're going to have to get it out of our minds that Howie's going to invest considerable resources and assets into the running back position, because he is paying 2.5% of his total salary cap for this running back room right now, which is it's arguably... It's not like the room sucks. Like, shoot, this could be not, one of the best not. running it's back Swift rooms in the NFL. Swift and Penny and Gainwell. But I will say, there's, like, some, people, there's some people telling me, like, oh, y'all are, y'all are disrespecting Miles by saying DeAndre Swift is better than him. I'm like, well... He is kind of so it is, and no, I mean, no like, disrespect to Miles. Close. He was the first a thousand yard rusher we've had since McCoy. He did a lot of good things for us. Nobody yes. here hates Miles Sanders. We're just saying that the potential of this running back room can outweigh the potential of last year's running back room. Is all yep. I'm saying. I'm not well, saying the, anybody's Rashad better than anybody. Penny, adding Rashad Penny to the group, like that's a that's big. Rashad that's Penny huge. is a better runner than DeAndre Swift. I'll say that right now. Fully healthy, like everyone fully healthy. Rashad Penny is a better runner runner than Swift. I think. What about Miles? He's a, oh, yes, a much He's better talking. runner than Miles Sanders. Yes, a very, very, very That very Seattle good. offensive line is nowhere near as good as the Eagles offensive line. He put Fuck up better no, numbers when no, he was healthy. Hell no. And hopefully, let's, hope it keeps, carry, uh, of course. Let's, let's hope it keeps Penny upright. Let's hope one of these guys remains healthy and they're not both on IR at the same time. That is, you know what that also that would is be the key, worst too? Case I think Swift is the better fit. Fit is everything, man. I think Swift is the better fit in our offense than Miles because he's yeah. a better pass. It, it all depends on game plan. If you're going to wear teams out or you're going to try and score 59 He's points the first half back. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, and then you'll see a lot more uh, Penny in the fourth quarter, I believe. That's it. That's it. And then that's I guess the Kenny G's kind of like... He's the third down back. I think he's the third down back. He's kind of like DeAndre Swift's younger brother. I think this is a perfect like mentor mm-hmm. form to learn. Yeah. If you Very think about player. it. Yeah. They, they definitely have some overlapping uh, skill sets as well. And then we can't forget Boston Scott, who's going to give us those two victories against the Giants, which is why he'll always be sticking around. Trey Sermon... We thought you were going to have a crack this year. I'm well, sorry. also, Boston Scott's Practice a squad. kick returner, correct? And he's the kick returner. Yes, good point. We were going we to get to that, that stuff in. But he will also be around. As Kennedy much Brooks. as I'd love to probably upgrade one of those spots, by the way. It'd be nice yes. to get an elite kick returner. There's that. For sure. Figure that out somehow. I don't know. <laughs> special teams hasn't Britain, been good what since about Chip Britain has Kobe, been here. huh? Yeah, but special teams hasn't been good since uh, Chip Kelly was here. And I think we talked about this the other day. But do you know the last player to return a kick for a kickoff or a touchdown in Eagles? History. Do you know the last player to do it? Who? My guy, Wendell Smallwood. Not your guy. He was the second to last guy. It was not Smallwood. It was Josh Huff. Wendell Smallwood did it the week before him in 2016. But that is the last time we saw a kickoff return touchdowns. Wasn't didn't he have like a gun situation, Josh Huff? Like he was on a plane with a gun or something, or something like that. I don't know. What round did we get him in? Oh, I don't fucking remember. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. You can look that up in in your. Yeah, yeah. So that is how <laughs> running back depth chart will shake out. DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon. We'll see you on the practice squad. Kennedy Brooks, we hardly knew you. And that is how that would go. Wide receivers. Stop sleeping on Kenny G, y'all. I'm telling you, man. Nobody's sleeping on him. I'm not saying. No, I <laughs> just feel he just doesn't get the respect he deserves, man. I think this could be a oh big year God. for him. Oh, my God. So this is where things get interesting. The wide receiver position, because as we all know, two of the best pass catchers in the league arguably one of the best duos in the nfl aj brown Devontae smith atop the depth chart then you got quez Watkins and alamade zacchaeus i have to apologize because i've been butchering this man's name all the way to this point but saying alamide zacchaeus i heard his press conference the other day and everybody's pronouncing it as alamade 
So that is Alameda Zacchaeus. Steven, did you know Alameda Zacchaeus was a St. Joe's prep teammate of DeAndre Swift back in the day? So they know each other. Where you oh, they really are doing this buddy-buddy system. Oh, I didn't oh, know Oh, yeah. Homecoming. We're going to get everybody's best friends in here. This is what we're going to do and all that. So A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Alameda Zacchaeus. And things get shaky a little after that. Britton Covey, Devin Allen, Tyree Cleveland, Greg Ward. Out goes Zach Paschal. And we do have some undrafted free agents. We got Joseph Nada out of Clemson, your boy. And then we have Jaden Hasselwood. And Charleston Rambo being invited to rookie minicamp. If you are familiar with those names, it is because Hasselwood and Charleston Rambo both played with Jalen Hurts mm. back in their Oklahoma days. So those guys are going to get a shot. Uh, Hasselwood as an undrafted free agent. Rambo as an invite to rookie minicamp. Rambo also recently played in the XFL as well. So you probably see him there. Steven, I would argue that if A.J. Brown mm. or Devontae Smith gets hurt, it's gonna be. It might be a rough go because I don't know what you plan on doing. Are you pushing Quez outside? Are you like trying to get de- like Tyree Cleet? Like I don't know what the, the plan is if one of those guys gets hurt because those are your you know your your primary guys on the outside. Quez is cross trained to do it on the outside. Not that great at it. Alameda's strictly out of the slot yeah, for the most part. Let me part. tell you. What are you gonna do on the outside? What are we gonna do? Well, I will get this out of the way unfortunate because i really like this guy at first but lately he's been really salty and i think a little uh, i don't want to say immature but not being a man about his business somebody who hurt us several times last year quez watkins you could argue he cost us several games has been uh, in you could argue we cost us the super bowl you could argue that the super bowl i would argue he cost what us happened? the super bowl well, he didn't i mean i'm not gonna say he cost us the super bowl but jalen hurts put it right on the money with a defensive back, oh. I know he was kind of draped on his back, and he just flat out dropped it. Just flat out dropped it. You got to make those plays in the Super Bowl, man. Yep. Yep. Several plays this season, that past season, cost two of them cost us games. Not going to revisit it. Uh, I don't think Howie's done enough, and luckily it's still very early into the off season. He's he's what filled. Did you say? What he didn't do enough. I don't like, think Howie's done talk- enough for the wider. No, 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 no. Oh. Don't do this. They said we'll get clipped. <laughs> Done enough to address what the receiver position. <laughs> Don't do oh, that. Okay. Don't do that now. Right. Um, look, I think there needs to be another acquisition because I'm just, I'll tell you right now, I don't think I believe in any of the in-house guys or even the UDFAs that they brought in to. Oh, uh, you were just gassing up Joseph Nada like before this. He's a project. And I, <laughs> I, I everyone, like, he everybody will, he will be on the outside, but. I, I don't think he's ready for that role just yet. I mean, he had a I like Joseph Nada, role. man. He's good at Clemson. I do, too. 6'3", 220 pounds. He caught 41 he passes last season. a small role in college. A small role in college. 526 okay. yards, two touchdowns, 12.8 yards per catch. He had 19 yards per catch in 2011, or 2021, rather. I, I, I'll t- I take a chance on the Clemson guys. I think, I think, I think they can play. Well, hey, maybe I'm he very can develop intrigued. here. I mean, my God, the Eagles are like wide receiver you at this point with A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith, some guys that play behind, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So those are the guys. If I had to guess, well, what I'm saying is, I think Howie should probably make another move. Can I run a Can I run a name by a free sure. agent? How'd you feel about? I I know he's again arguably a a slot guy, but you'd be able to move pieces around if you brought him in here. He's a veteran presence, probably you know looking to chase a ring. How would you feel about Jarvis Landry? Not a big fan. Don't don't overwhelm me with all that excitement over there. <laughs> I just. You know, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting because, I mean, the Eagles offense is a little bit different. They move their receivers around, but it, there, I do think there's something to be said about the third guy. Because if you bring in Jarvis Landry, he's probably competing with Quez at that point, right? And Alameda Zacchaeus, yeah, they have a lot of guys. It's just that I don't know who can play on, like, the outside if one of those guys gets hurt. I know if, you, if you're going to push Quez outside, then Alameda is going to be your slot guy, and I guess you well, can make that Well, doesn't Goddard kind of get moved around? Like, Goddard kind of gets a yeah. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is what it Keep is. Keep forgetting we'll get to the, that, you know? We'll get to the shaky depth chart that is tight end as well. But Jarvis Landry didn't do a whole lot, didn't do much of anything, really, with the Saints uh, last season on a one-year deal. But made some noise in Cleveland. You know, he had 570 yards in 2021, 840 yards in 2020. Injuries kind of got in the way. Um, how old is he now? He is uh, 30. So, I mean, he's a, he's a veteran guy. Coming here could probably get you a ring, could probably do some nice things for you on offense. Wouldn't be shocked if Howie can nail him on a, on a sort of cheap year to round out a wide receiver group. It's not that they don't have receivers. They just have a bunch of guys that we don't know about. Burton Covey, Devin Allen, Tyree Cleveland, Greg Ward is still hanging around. And then you got... Uh, like I said, the UDFAs in Nada, and you got uh, Jaden Hasselwood and Charleston Rambo, former teammates 
of Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. We know that Adrian Brown and Devontae Smith are atop the depth chart. That's that's no that's no question. They're both uh, all pro caliber guys. Just intrigued to see how else everything else will kind of shake out. So very excited to see that. Steven on to tight end, Dallas Goddard. And it gets shaky after that. I'm I'm very shocked the Eagles didn't bring in another tight end in this class because they were very very deep in this class at tight end, as uh, in my opinion, as far as tight tight end talent goes. But you got Dallas Goddard, you got Jack Stahl, you got Grant Calcaterra, and you got Tyree Jackson, who they brought back on an exclusive tender. A guy that around, can't huh? seem still around, a guy that can't seem to let go of injury woes have gotten in the way, and so on and so forth. They do have undrafted free agent Brady Russell who they brought in, and they did sign Dalton Keene to a reserve future contract. But, man, we saw last season they were able to get by without Goddard for a couple games. Mm. They were able to get by with the combination of Stahl and, and Calcaterra. But, man, if Dallas Goddard, if something substantial happens, he goes down for a significant amount yeah, of time. that wasn't fun, was it? How confident are you with Jack Stahl and Greg Calcaterra at the tight end position? Yeah, certainly not bumping them up the depth chart, but they're fine behind Goddard. You know, Stahl is good in the run game, and I think Calcaterra has some good receiving abilities. They're both one-dimensional players, you know. I'm always stunned whenever Jack Stahl gets a catch in the game. It's always for like five or six yards, and he's down. He's not hey, the receiving. He's it. not the receiving tight end. He's the, he's the blocking one. That's right. Yeah, they they. Uh, I don't know. How, how how do we feel about Tyree Jackson? I mean, obviously his health has been it's, a problem, but it's so impossible much. to feel anything about Tyree Jackson because he's never on the field. Well, and when he does get yeah, a chance so like, to get on the field, didn't he? He had his first career touchdown off that shovel pass from Minshew at the end of the uh, the 2021 season. And then he tore his ACL immediately after that. So it's not I'll it just every never time we get that open practice we were at. He looked like the best player on the field. He did, didn't he? I remember you and I were there, right? And we saw him and we were like, who the, f- who the hell is this guy just making plays all over the place? So he definitely has the athletic traits to make things happen. It's just that can he stay healthy? And what are the Eagles going to do with him? Is the thing, but you can certainly move him around into different things. He has a unique, uh, a unique like skill set and a unique frame. It's just that he can never stay healthy. That's his thing. But we'll see how it works out for him this summer. We'll see if the Eagles elect to bring in anybody else because, like I said, I guess they're banking on Goddard just being healthy all year because these other guys, yeah, they got by last last season. I don't know if we're going to be that lucky. Um, I just don't know if I see how he's making any moves to improve that position. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on it. Gonna roll with these guys and just maybe maybe hope Tyree can develop. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't bank on. That's why I was shocked he didn't address it in the draft because it was a very they do need a guy. They need a guy behind Goddard though that's going to develop. Like Stolen Calcaterra are clearly playing roles, and I think they'll probably forever do that. I don't see either. I don't really see either improving that much to say like, oh, they can be a great tight end too. Even you know like. It's just the fact that we have Dallas Goddard, so they're good complementary pieces. Exactly. Who's the top five tight end in the uh, in the NFL? Offensive line, uh, we pretty much know how that story is going to go. Jordan Malata at left tackle, Landon Dickerson at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, the combination of Cam Jergens or Tyler Steen at right guard, and then you got Lane Johnson at right tackle. Your reserves, we've talked about it pretty extensively on the last pod, Steve. And Jack Driscoll is your sixth man. You got Tyler Steen waiting there. Brett Toth, Sua Apeta. They brought in Trevor Reed. As an undrafted free agent, and we lost Isaac Siamalu and Andre Diller, so not much to speak about there. Steen and Jurgens will be the main, uh, you know, competition while watching camp for right guard, but uh, you know, much of the uh, expected we're going to see next season as far as offensive line. Still the most dominant line of football, and we don't expect that to change in 2023. Flipping to the defensive side of the ball, uh, defensive end, I think they're I think they're a little thin here. To be honest, you got Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett. Got Janarius Robinson, who he brought in last season from Minnesota, and Taron Jackson, young guy Taron Jackson. And uh, Robert Quinn was the lost free agent, as if he was ever here in the first place, didn't do anything. Steven, how do you feel about the depth of uh, edge rusher? Like Sam, we'll, we'll get to the, you know, Reddicks and the Nolan Smiths of it all, but they're considered Sam linebackers, not necessarily defensive ends. See, and that's Brandon where I Graham get so goes, confused, because I consider Brandon them edge lost. pass rushers. It's just like Barnett and Josh Sweat and like the others. Like, I feel like they could have... I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they could benefit from another body in there. You don't think they're gonna line up some of these guys straight up as edge rushers like Nolan they do. Smith? They do. Yeah. They're just considered as Sam linebackers, so that's what the depth chart is going to look like. <laughs> right. Well, man, you can't fill every need. Um, I mean, you mentioned. I don't know. That's just where I get confused personally because I consider like I don't like that. Why are you putting Reddick in the linebacker? Uh, why are you naming him that? I think he's an edge rusher. He's, he's clearly because he's considered a Sam set. linebacker. He's a strong side linebacker. He's an edge he's rusher, considered. though. He's always on the edge rushing the QB. That's like his skill set. 
He's a strong side linebacker. That's what he's. That's that's what he's considered. So since we're on the topic, we'll talk about the the Sam linebacker, Sasan Reddick, and Nolan, Nolan Smith. Smith. By the way, who is a phenomenal athlete, a very underrated aspect of his game is he is good at stopping the run. You want to put him there. I just hate this part of the depth chart. It's so stupid and confusing. I don't get why Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith aren't considered edge rushers. They they're are going to be playing that position. They are considered edge rushers. It's just that they're not considered defensive ends because they don't fit that prototypical. Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, too small to be considered that. But that's what the same position consists of. Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson. If you want to roll all that to defensive ends, be my guess, and then it looks a lot better. Just when I saw the defensive ends and the bodies, I was like, Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, it's kind of thin, especially consider Brandon Graham's age, but they'll maneuver the defensive line however they want and make it work. Defensive tackles, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Contavious Street, mm. the guy they signed as a free agent from New Orleans, and Marlon Tuipolotu outgoes Javon Hargrave. That rotation is going to be disgusting, nasty. You can mix and match Cox, Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, however you want to. And even put more more Ojomo in there, Catavia Street. It is going to be a uh, a a nasty scene for opposing offensive coordinators to try to figure out what kind of fronts the Eagles are going to utilize. So one of the deepest lines in football remains that in twenty twenty three, Steve. I'd say. I mean, this is an easy question, but who do you think finishes with the most snaps out of all defensive tackles by the end of the season? Uh, Jalen Carter, probably. He has the fresh legs. He's not like Jordan Davis, who you can only play him in certain situations. Um, I think that he is going to be the one that sees the the most snaps. Uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, they like to rotate him around. Um, And like I said, Jordan Davis, you can only play in certain fronts. Jalen Carter, I think, is going to be the guy that is going to wreak havoc on every snap, on every down, on the defensive side Mm -hmm. of the ball. Uh, So we look forward, as long as, like I said, stay out of trouble. How does that sound, former Georgia coaches? You assholes, pay close attention to the Philadelphia Bulldogs. Man, they're going to be sick when they see see, uh, Jalen Carter uh, succeeding in Philadelphia, which is why I still don't know what NFL team celebration is going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't get the little kick the the window in anymore because Javon Hart, or kick the door down, (laughs) whatever it was. Not the window, the door down. I thought it was... Jav- I thought it was uh, Javon Hargrove. Why does everybody call him Hargrove? Every like Shannon Sharp, I hear him saying it all the time. I heard uh, somebody else say it. Somebody said Hargrove the other day. Because it's easier else. to say it. It's easier to say it that way. Linebackers, N'Kobe Dean, Nicholas Moreau are probably the starters. You got Sean Bradley, Christian Ellis, who I was very impressed with last season, especially in special teams. Christian Ellis made some nice tackles. Uh, Davion Taylor, who I feel like has been on the team for 10 years. Uh, and then you got Ben Van Sumeren, which is an undrafted free agent. Uh, I probably butchered his name, so I apologize to Ben. Uh, and then out is Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. How confident are you in this linebacker group if they don't go out and add to that position? Nicholas Moreau, N'Kobe Dean are your incumbent starters as of now. Well, I'm super excited for N'Kobe Dean. I feel like that's an underrated aspect of this team. Uh, and we're, we're, this is the beauty of the offseason. We're going to be talking about these things all offseason. But I, I think it's a very underlooked uh, aspect of this team, by the way, is N'Kobe Dean's development, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? That's underrated. Very under underlooked. Like, I just feel like oh, it's something that should be talked about, you know? Well, it's, I'm sure it's something that every fan is going to be looking for since he didn't get extensive he showed, snaps like, last season. Obviously, the potential was there last season. I feel like when he was in, you could clearly see, like, this guy's going to be a player in this league, you know? Yeah. A little yeah, undersized, think, think... but he has the mentality, and I think the athleticism is there. Which, by the way, is so refreshing because all the linebackers we've had over the years have been some of the most unathletic individuals I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the Garys of the On world, the Alex level. Singletons of, of, of yes. the world. It would be nice to have somebody who will know how to operate. I, we had very good linebacker play for the first time in a long time last season with Kaiser White and TJ Edwards, yep. even though White kind of struggled in certain situations. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to see who's going to wear the green dot because uh, Moreau wore it for Chicago last season. But are the Eagles confident enough to give it to N'Kobe Dean this early, or are they going to let a veteran handle like all the – all the like play calling and stuff. I'm very curious to see how that is going. Like who's going to be responsible for getting the defense set. I'm intrigued to see how that is going to be, but Nicobe Dean is going to be a, a, a lot more comfortable uh, this season, especially operating behind two guys that he did in, in college. So he's mm. going to know how those guys tendencies, how they move and everything else. So I'm sure that it'll be a seamless transition for Nicobe. So very excited to watch that next season. Safety position. Sidney Brown, Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, Justin Evans, Kayvon Wallace, and Andre Shashere are on the roster as of now. Out is Marcus Epps and C.J. Gardner-Johnson, your two starting safeties from the number one overall pass defense last season. How do mm. we feel 
about the top three, arguably in Terrell Edmonds, Sidney Brown, and Ed Reed Blankenship, as some would call him. Not great. That's for sure. You don't feel good? <laughs> but, no? I feel like we had I this mean, talk earlier. It's, you don't feel great about the state. Like, what would you do? Like, I don't even think getting Buda Baker makes sense at this point. Like, what? What do you mean it doesn't make sense? Like, what is the, like, 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 who are you not? Like, so, not like, an get a guy like Buda there, Baker, man. does, like, Terrell Edmonds not make the roster now? Like, how, like, what is the, what is the situation? Uh, well, I just don't think there's an alpha dog back there. But I will say I am intrigued with Reed Blankenship, who is, makes me sound like a major hypocrite. Was a UDFA last year? <laughs> oh, you're and telling me a UDFA succeeded? <laughs> oh, you're telling me a UDFA succeeded oh. and picked off one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game. But we don't want to get up here and talk about undrafted. Am I allowed to say this? What I'm about to say, you can cut this out. Just remember, it is 49-28. It's just kind of cool to see a white boy out there doing something. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, definitely not cutting that out. Yeah, so you're just like seeing white white guys back there. I mean, all, we had white linebackers, but you like white safeties. Get you going. White a safeties. player who actually looks good, not like he's completely lost with his back turned to the play and the guts of the mm. game. Got it. Picked off Got Aaron Rodgers. His, yeah. his one play that he made, he was thrown into the fire in that game because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got hurt, is better yeah. than anything Nate Gary ever did. Yeah, well, they're different Actually, positions. Actually, his entire yeah. career put together, I should say. Garner Johnson had the lacerated kidney. He was taken out the game. Reed Blankenship came right in, had a pick. Darius Slay was very upset about this because Darius Slay is yet to catch an interception off of Aaron Rodgers, and Reed Blankenship gets mm-hmm. one in his first NFL action. So that is great. In his first snaps, he gets one. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff there. Intrigued to see how the safety position is going to work itself out. Uh, and shout-out to Rodney McLeod, who was reunited with uh, Jim Schwartz today over in Cleveland. He was a guy I thought the Eagles could potentially look at to bring back, but he goes, reunites with Schwartz over in Cleveland. So good on McLeod uh, for doing that. I remember seeing that this morning. Cornerback. Maybe Sidney Brown comes in and makes an impact. I don't know. I, I, I'm banking on it. I'm banking on it. Hard hitter, plays to the line of scrimmage in the box. He plays like a linebacker. He is. I, I expect to see him. I'm a little acclimated. concerned with him. I'm not going to lie to you, man. As far in regards to what? I think there's talent there, and he plays the game really hard, but I'm just scared it's going to be a tough growing process for him. Because why? What makes you say this? I just feel like he's going to get killed. You just feel like he's going to get killed. Have you seen the guy's physique? This man is shredded to the I, I know, max. man, but I'm just I'm afraid he's going to be thrown into the fire because this position group They're is They're not going to start thin. him right away. He's not going to start him right away. Man, he's not man, but starting I'm just saying, in week one. I'm afraid. I'm afraid because we saw what happened right. with Kayvon well, Wallace, man. I'm that's fine. Well, they're yeah. Oh, the, another thing, people got to stop with the Brian Dawkins label because they did that with Kayvon yes, Wallace and now they're doing it with Sidney Brown. We're not even sure so if this guy stop can doing start. That. Let's slow the hell down. And Kayvon didn't even have any glaring similarities to Brian Dawkins except for going to Clemson. And people were like, "Oh, Dawkins!" Like it's it's nah. We're not we're not doing this. Sidney Brown will be in blitz packages to start. They will acclimate him just fine. I don't expect him to come out week one as the starter. I'd be stunned if I saw that cornerback. Derek, we got a we got a room filled as you mentioned prior. As you mentioned um, uh, at the beginning of the show, we have a room filled of young talent now. When At one point, we mm. were worried about the young talent. Very Darius intriguing. Slay, James Bradbury are your starters. Avante Maddox projects to still be the starting slot. Very good nickel. Zach McPherson, Keely Ringo, Josiah Scott, Greedy Williams, Mario Goodrich, Josh Job, Eli Ricks. If you can hit on two of those guys, and two of those guys become stop corners for you, uh, from Ricks, Job, Goodrich, Greedy Williams, whatever the situation is, Keely Ringo. If two of those guys pan out, the Eagles are in a very good spot at the cornerback position for the future. You know, when I sit here and look at this position group, man, it's wild to me how there are several guys, because this just never happens. And I'm not trying to puff my chest out or anything. But several guys that I liked dating back to the draft process. I already touched on Eli Ricks, but I was a big Greedy Williams guy. I don't know about you. And... Again, I feel like I this is the theme of this team and the theme of, of, of these podcasts. I feel like we're like, ah, oh, this is a great situation for this player, right? Do you, I, do you find yourself saying that a lot with a lot of these guys? Like, I feel like, oh, this is a mm-hmm. great situation for, for this guy, you know? Like, mm-hmm. somebody's going to win one of these spots. Uh, somebody may be thrown into the fire unexpectedly, and somebody's going to come out the winner. Maybe several guys come out the winner, you know, because... This cornerback uh, group is the, the guys playing behind our starters are young, all of them, right? I mean, Greedy Williams is how old? Kaylee Ringo is going into his rookie year. Um, who am I missing? Eli Ricks. We'll see if he can make the team. Oh, I think there's a lot of potential there. Good size, everything like that. Um, 
What happened to your guy? How do you feel about him? I just lost track of him. My depth chart. Who's my guy? Dog. Who are you referring to? Dating back to the draft process. Another argument that I won, by the way. He's on the Eagles roster. We had this debate several times. Oh, Zach McPherson. Had, oh, McPherson. Yes, yes. Yeah. I lost hey, track man, of he's that. Gonna, I don't know what happened. Hey, he's, he, if, if one of Bradbury or Slade get hurt, McPherson will probably be the first one off the bench, to be honest. Mm, you think so? I'm so. cool with that. I did lose the bet where we said, I, I, I bet you Zach McPherson contributes to this team before Kenneth Gainwell does. And yeah, I lost that bet. It's probably terribly. an unfair one to even begin with, though, because first of all, running back is just way different compared to corner. You could argue corner is one of the hardest positions in sports to play. And then you factor in the fact that any running back on the Eagles roster is playing behind the best offensive line. Oh, and by the way, something we don't talk about enough, Jalen Hurts just existing and getting the ball snapped to him is like a completely other thing. It's like another another offensive lineman at that point. Mm-hmm. The decoy. Yeah. Every time he's a yeah. decoy, every time he hands it off to a ball carrier. Yeah, he definitely makes the uh, the running game easier. So, uh, f- as far as Eli Ricks is concerned, he was on Todd McShay's way too early 2023 mock draft as a top 10 pick. So, I mean, so the fact that the Eagles were able to snag him undrafted, didn't allow a single touchdown last season, has the length uh, to, to match up and, and man coverage with receivers. So very excited to see uh, what, what he ends up as as a project uh, for, for the Eagles. Special teams, the you last think, topic. You would think one of these guys is going to pan out to be a starter for us long term, right? That's what I said. If you can hit on two of those guys, then, uh, mm. then uh, yeah, you'll be, you'll, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be pretty set at that position. Special teams, kicker. Jake Elliott, punter, Aaron Sipos, and they did bring in an undrafted guy and Ty Zettner because we need some type of punter competition after what we saw mm. in the Super Bowl last year with the punt to Kadarius Tony and the one shanker that went like 28 yards out of bounds. Yeah, Ugh. we can't have that in the biggest game of your life. So <laughs> good to see another hey, come punter on. coming in here. Kick returner, Boston Scott. Punt returner, Britton Covey as of now. they did Remember, they did throw Devontae Smith back there in a couple instances. So maybe uh, Rambo... Or one of these guys can provide some of us a punt return experience. So I think that'll be interesting for the receiver room. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Rambo, some of these guys, they look at they'll look at them for potential um, uh, dynamic plays as far as the return game. Because like I said, we haven't <laughs> been that great since 2015, 2016. The best special teams the Eagles ever had was when Chip was here. So uh, we definitely need to get back to that. That's the one unit that needs help. The one unit I'm shocked I brought back a coordinator for, Michael Clay. He was brought back. So uh, let's all pray that they can figure it out next season. Steve, that, that, any final thoughts on the, uh, on the depth chart here? We'll go through all the positions, and this is what it looks like as of now. Obviously, it is May. Minicamp hasn't started yet. OTAs haven't started yet. Training camp hasn't started yet, and a lot of things can change. But as of now, any final thoughts on uh, position groups of need, anything you would like to see between now and OTAs or whatever? Prediction. I think Howie Roseman... By the start of the season, makes a trade to upgrade either the linebacker position mm-hmm. or wide receiver three. All right, those are the two positions. I would argue those those are the two that could use some additional uh, bodies. If, if if anything, we'll see if Jarvis Landry's move. We'll see what's going on with Patrick Queen in Baltimore. Those rumors are going around. We'll see what comes of that because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. They just gave Roquan Smith a ton of money and they just drafted a linebacker, I believe. Uh, in the draft so we'll see how all of that shakes out that'll wrap up this episode of the philly pod appreciate you guys for sticking all the way through and listening to this episode be sure to subscribe apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows leave those reviews rate five stars very important to the show so be sure to do that to help us out steven where can the people find you what you got coming up what are your last uh <laughs> thoughts as we put a bow on this one uh, Stephen Conrad. UDFAs aren't so bad, social huh? Social platforms. UDFAs How did we manage to record the longest part of the offseason on something I didn't want to talk about? Here we are. Mm, That's like go through positions. So UDFAs aren't that bad. I don't know why you was bitching so much about about, about doing That's it. Good. Lucky it's over with. I did it, man. Don't have to do it every day. <laughs> Check it um, off the to-do list. Check it off the list. Follow him at Stephen Conrad Jr. on all social platforms. Follow me, Victor Williams, at the Philly Pod as well on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, all that of the sort. We will be back in a couple of days to talk about. I don't even know what, but we will be here to talk about whatever happens. Appreciate nah, just you beat guys. Boston for the love of God. When game yeah, God beat Boston, Philly. please. Holy Please. hell, Christ. I can't even I can't even think about it. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace out from the Philly Pop.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.